Hey, I am Hanan. And I am Steluza. And you're listening to the Path to Resilience podcast. Here we connect you with global thought leaders. You can listen to their stories and learn from their experiences. We are both professional coaches who believe in change, the change that empowers and lifts others. We believe in being authentic. That's why we invite leaders who are comfortable with talking from the heart. We also believe in the power of the mind and how it can improve your health, your relationships, and your performance. Whether you want to make a positive change in your life or upgrade your vision, this is the place for you to be. Thank you for connecting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Path to Resilience show. Thank you for being with us. So our subject today is going to be about the power of self-empowerment. We're so excited today because combining between resilience and self-empowerment is huge as a subject. Right, Staluta, Jay? <laughs> I agree. So uh, stay connected to learn more. And as the title implies, self-empowerment is taking full responsibility of our lives. We all need self-empowerment to overcome our challenges. We all need self-empowerment to make new choices, to go for what we really want. We all need self-empowerment to give our life, our, to give ourselves new chances in life. That's why we invited an amazing empowerment psychologist, Jay uh, Ray from London. Hello, London. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jay is not only she's not only a, a psychologist, she's a very passionate and kind person. And she empowers people uh, through um, to go over their limitations, to rewire their brain and then uh, uh, create and embrace the growth mindset. And uh, she's also a corporate uh a speaker and the contributor to Forbes. And uh, so, Jay, can you uh, uh, tell us a little bit about you and why self-empowerment is very important to you? Thank you, Hanan. I'd just like to say thank you so much to you and Steluta for inviting me onto your LinkedIn Live. And actually, indeed, this is my first one. So I'm exceptionally excited to be here and join all of you. Uh, so, well, my journey essentially, essentially it was one really in which I grew up having no voice. Okay. And I actually mean that in the kind of literal sense. Now, I was raised in an environment where I was to be seen, not heard, not to challenge or question any kind of authority to simply do what I'm told. Right. And I actually wonder if anyone in the audience can relate to this in part. You know, do drop in the chat if you do. Um, and my parents, they were first generation to arrive in the UK um, from India. And their belief system at the time meant that I wasn't permitted to integrate into Western society, which in their minds they perceived as a bad influence. Right. It's just such was their fear. And this was despite me growing up and living in a town where there were only Westerners. So I couldn't relate to anyone or fit in at school, which as a child was all I ever wanted. And we all know that connection is our life force, right? Yeah. So, 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 
So there was no real sense of belonging anywhere or being able to develop any kind of social skills. So as a result, I was painfully shy, right? So I was instructed how to think, how to dress, how to be. And at my core, I had no individual identity, right? Because on the one hand, I couldn't relate to Western culture. And on the other hand, I despised my Indian culture with all the restraints that were imposed on me. Mm -hmm. Right now, the consequences for me, Hanan uh, and Saluta, was that I rarely spoke for, I suppose, the first 17 years of my life. Right. And I had no concept or understanding of intuition, my heart's desire, my dreams. Right. And so <laughs> all of that, unsurprisingly to you um, and me, right, it played out a very significant role in my confidence and, and my self-belief and my self-worth. I had cripplingly low self-esteem to the point where I walked around with hunched shoulders because I was really trying to go about life like being invisible because mm -hmm. I had no social skills I had no friends I had no guiding forces and I had no voice right wow. mm -hmm. and, and, and I'd even say that my career choices later on were in many ways still trying to validate my existence right because I constantly felt like a disappointment and I hadn't found a place that I fitted into. So I was really hooked into that sort of people pleasing narrative, sort of in the hopes of finding somewhere that I can be accepted and belong, right? So that's how I started my life. And it was a very painful existence, right? And it invariably impacted my life, it impacted my choices as I fumbled my way growing up. And again, I'm sure this is something that maybe the audience um, can perhaps relate to in part, just in terms of not being equipped with the skills as a child to healthily transition through into adult life, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and eventually I found my way into sort of the personal development seminars and the self-help world. And I landed in a place where I felt a connection and a sense of understanding and a sense of meaning was beginning to develop. So, so going back to your question is why does why self-empowerment important to me? Well, because of my own upbringing and, and, and where I've ended up, I fundamentally believe in human potential, right? And I know you both do too and the audience too, right? And now as somebody who didn't speak and I literally didn't speak, to now speaking at some of the largest companies in the world, like Google and Amazon, I truly do understand what it takes to transform and rework our mindset, sort of starting at the soul level, right? And even though I'm trained in neuroscience and psychology, I would say, and I don't know if you would agree with me, but I'd say it's so much bigger than that and, and other modalities, because when you also sort of tap into the larger forces at play as well, I mean, it's literally life-changing. So essentially, I became the therapist I wish I had when I felt lost and broken. And now I train people to, through role play, to find that empowering connection to themselves. Mm -hmm. Because, because mm -hmm. my clients don't know what they don't know, right? And I mean, I didn't know what confidence was or self-esteem was or self-worth was or boundaries and what that looked like, sounded like and felt like, right? And so then rather than endlessly reliving my story, you know, hoping and praying that life will get better, what I now do is bathe people in their own potential until it sort of takes on a life force of its own so that they really understand the language and, 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 and the energy to oneself to begin to shift their relationship to themselves. And sort of based on my own work with addiction and 
trauma clients, I, it really doesn't as long as you might think. I mean, we can literally train our brain to work for us and break those old connections and make those new healthier ones. And I find helping people really understand and tap into that. Well, I find it very, very empowering. Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful story. And thank you for sharing it with us. I just wanted to acknowledge all the people who join us live and who say hello. We have uh, hello from Kai from Hamburg. We have hello from El Camuni, from El Obsin. I'm sorry if I um, say your names for Anjum from Rolando. Thank you guys for joining us and for giving us your feedback. And I can totally relate with your story of having no power, though mine is different. So I was mm -hmm. raised by a supportive mom who always gave me, you know, he she told me that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. I trust you and I have confidence in you. But on the other hand, when we were getting into fights, she was very very strong and I was not allowed to talk to talk back and to you know to speak my point of view yes. therefore I grew up like that you know every time there was something sensitive on the table I was not able to bring it up because mm -hmm. that voice the mm -hmm. little voice in my head it, you don't talk right so I totally yeah. relate but in a totally different manner yeah. And because we are talking, our show is about resilience, right? Mostly uh, mm. teaching people and uh, sharing stories about resilience. I wanted to ask you, how does self-empowerment, can? how can self-empowerment build resilience? Mm. Well, you see, we can all feel a sense of self-empowerment, right? Just listen to a moving speech that makes you feel good, right? Or a motivational talk that inspires you. But the research shows correctly that people in fact won't be empowered until they're able to measurably change an area of their lives, right? So for me, self-empowerment includes cultivating skills that would ultimately allow me to influence certain outcomes and produce tangible results. So there's a clear distinction here between intellectualization, which is knowing the theory of self-improvement, and emotional embodiment, which is, sits over here, which is literally taking on that different way of being on a consistent and persistent basis, which is uncomfortable and it's challenging to begin with because it's not what our brain is used to. Our brain is used to dictating the terms of the day. And so true empowerment comes when we convert our intention into an action. So not only do we understand this empowered energy that we're cultivating, but we then channel it into building key life skills like learning how to become more resilient to, to, to life's inevitable challenges. And actually, Hanan, I'm quite curious to, to know your thoughts and still to you too, because I know resilience is a topic that you're both really passionate about. Oh, yes, yes. Well, for me, uh, resilience uh, and self-empowerment, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. It's like the car and the engine. I mean, we need the engine to make the car function and we need the, the, uh, the structure, the whole structure of the car uh, in, uh, mm. with, the, with the engine. So the engine here is the resilience, is really finding our inner resources in order to <laughs> overcome our uh, assaults, emotions and our challenges and how we can shift perspectives. And in mm -hmm. order to do that, we need the skill of self-regulation and how mm -hmm. we can, whenever challenged, we can shift perspective and move on. Self-empowerment mm -hmm. is more 
for me it's more like an internal an external uh, process where uh, which uh, focuses on what should be done so uh, uh, how can we turn as you said how we how can we turn the intention into action mm. so uh, that's why to be to be self empowered uh, we need uh, we need uh, uh, resilience. Resilience is yeah. it happens at the personal level, and self empowerment. It's not uh, uh, only uh, individual, but it needs people because in self empowerment you need support. You need others also to support you in the journey. But of mm -hmm. course, without resilience, we cannot. The more resilient we have, the more we will go for what we really want, the more we will take mm -hmm. actions, the more we will be faster, and the mm -hmm. more we will connect with people. This is how mm -hmm. I uh, self-empowerment, uh, we cannot empower others if we don't do this process internally mm -hmm. and we don't work on ourselves. So this is for me, uh, it's how it always worked. And I did this process for me before empowering others. Uh, I worked in social and political empowerment and uh, without working on myself, I wouldn't be there. That's why, that's why any change, anything should happen from inside. <laughs> what about you, Saluta? That's so true. So before <clears throat> sharing my point of view, I just wanted to say hello to James also. I know that he's been watching us over the past few episodes. Thank you for, for your support, uh, James. Hi, Shafak as well. So for me, they're pretty related in the sense that, um, as you said, Hanan, in order to self-empower yourself, you need to take action, right? So there is action be behind it. In order to take action, you need to have clear goals. And we had an entire episode in which we talked about the power of clear goals in building resilience, mm. right? So, and I'll, I'll link it in the notes uh, uh, below, and I will also um, add a link to it uh, when I edit a video for our YouTube channel. So you need to have clear goals. <clears throat> you also need to have awareness, right? Which is part of building the skills of resilience. And we have another episode on awareness as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, awareness helps you um, create a plan to fill the gap between the skills that you need in order to achieve your goals and where you are right now, which is really important. So awareness is not only understanding and being understanding what you where you are but also mindfully reaching out to other people and creating a plan to achieve your goals mm -hmm. so i think there is a, a a huge connection and i think they fit into each other and yeah. it also there is also as hanane mentioned the uh facet of reaching out for support right because many times you can do it alone and many of us are brought up to be self-reliant and we are very competitive, but we need to accept that there are limitations and in order to up-level our skills, in order to rewire our brain to see our life from a different perspective and create new a new future for us, we need to reach out to people who are specialized in that, people like yourself, people like us who know how the brain works works and who can help people support and move on the path of achieving their goals yeah 
Yeah, I will, uh, I will go back to something you said earlier, Jay. You mentioned that you worked in, uh, in, uh, in trauma uh, clinics and addiction. So I'm mm. just curious, how, how did you get into that and how that impacted your work in empowerment? Mm. Well, well, I don't think I really knew in any tangible way <laughs> at that time the impact of being empowered, which is trusting my own inner guidance system and indeed where it can take me until I landed an internship and it was for the UK's leading mental health clinic which came about from an intention and an action and tons of patience because there was a lot of rejection along the way but I'm not going to get into that and the clinical director there was really fascinated with my studies and work in the self-empowerment field and one day he asked me to create a workshop for the patients and the addiction uh, uh, clients and though the utter fear of having an audience with addiction and trauma patients just scared the wits out of me, I was profoundly amazed with the positive engagement that I received at my workshops as the junior unpaid intern, right, which is what I was at the time. <laughs> and then and then soon my, uh, my workshop became the most eagerly anticipated in the clinic. And honestly, no one was more surprised than me, right, with the results that I was achieving. And what it did give me was this unfaltering confidence in the work that I now do in the corporate space. Because as far as I'm concerned, like transforming the mindset of those with addiction and trauma, well, that's as far from a starting point of being empowered as it gets. So that's my earlier training. And that's really informed my practices today. Right. And the messages that I put out onto the world for anyone here that follows my content on LinkedIn, it's literally from experiencing time and time again, the impossible become possible with my own eyes. And if this works in the addiction and trauma world, then as far as I'm concerned, none of us can say, well, we're just wired wrong or we're beyond help. And to me, that's a pretty liberating notion, particularly when we've been stuck in an unhealthy thinking loop for so long, almost just surviving every day on autopilot or just accepting it as part of our identity that might mm -hmm. just be even unconscious to us right now. So it's fair to say that I've definitely developed a lot of gusto since my earlier training, and it's based on very real results. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, this is awesome because working with people who have traumatic backgrounds, it's what we all do, right? We all have mm -hmm. traumatic experiences. And unfortunately, this is part of life and we cannot change it, right? And, and also, unfortunately, many people have the tendency to just allow the traumatic experience, allow the people in their past who harmed them to still get a hold of their life, to, to, to keep them in their grasp and to limit them. And mm. I, I love the, the, the thing that you said about turning, uh, seeing um the impossible happened many yes. times over and over again and yes. um but i'm sure that you've also seen you know people who are not able to self-empower themselves right and mm. i was wondering if you can share with us your thoughts and you know what is self-empowerment to you and what do you think people lack self-empowerment oh that's a good question am i frozen on the screen just out of interest no, nope. no. Okay, good. <laughs> we can see you really well. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm still a link. I'm still a. I'm, this is my first LinkedIn, so I'm not really sure what's supposed to be happening. But anyway, um, but that's a really great question, Stoluta. Um, 
and so self-empowerment means taking control of your life and it's about more than just feeling able to do so right though that is a really important and indeed a crucial element and to me true personal empowerment well it requires us to set and we talked about this earlier or rather you talked about this earlier Stelluta it requires us to sort of set meaningful goals to identify what we want from life and then to take action on the goals and have more of an impact on the world around us and there's nothing new there in what I've just said I mean I think everyone here in the audience knows the importance of goal setting now a lot of clients will turn to me and say but Jay, I don't really know what I want. And the reality is, is that we often say, I don't know what I want because we fundamentally believe it's unattainable or we've tried in the past and it didn't happen for us. So now we've lost hope and we've tripped back up into that old narrative and we've gone back down that rabbit hole whenever we're contemplating making a meaningful change towards the same goal again. And actually what could be a really helpful approach here to avoid tripping over our negative thoughts throughout the day really, is to rather counterintuitively, I would say, allocate like around 10 minutes a day, every day at a specific time to just dwell in those negative thoughts, right? And I call it negative thought time. Now, the reason for that strategy is because it will free up the rest of the time to stay on track and to focus on the things that need your attention because you've made a mental note to yourself to review that particular thought at 8 p.m., which is your negative thought time. It's less likely to take hold of you in that moment and drag you down right so you can just file it away file away all your negative thoughts until that particular time because until we learn to tap in and, and harness the power of our minds we'll simply keep talking out of ourselves out of what we really want which of course is just our ego it's trying to protect us and it's infinite wisdom because it's scared right and it doesn't want to get hurt again mm -hmm. um, and it wants to avoid that past past disappointment so it's tapping into your past experiences and it's waving that warning flag right saying cease you know so yeah. so to put that into an analogy and and Hannah, I'm actually going to piggyback off your analogy earlier about the car because I actually really yeah. like that when you were talking about it <laughs> and, and 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 the way I'd put this into an analogy or a car analogy is like it's like we're driving our car and instead of like looking at the road and the direction of travel and where we want to go, we're constantly driving and we're looking in the rear view mirror of our past experiences. And then we're veering our car, of course, but we're the one who's driving. So that means we're the only one that can correct the course. And so people who are not empowered tend to control, lack control rather, of what they do. So they're not in the driving seat of their life, right? And that could be because they're stuck in blame or shame or regret. And now this often, well, most often it stems from our upbringing and the messages that we were given that we've mm -hmm. carried into our adulthood, right? Just like I did. And when that happens, it may manifest in allowing others to make decisions for us, right? Whether it's your spouse or your friends or your manager or your colleagues. So when we lack confidence in ourselves and our decisions, we therefore rely on others to give us direction, right? It's like, we, it's like we're letting them drive our car. And that's just one example, because, of course, there's so many different ways that our childhood patterns play out into adulthood. However, these patterns of behavior can be changed and broken, beginning by, and Steluta, this is to your point, increasing our self-awareness. And, and there's so many ways to do this, right? And like keeping the thought diary or meditation, if that's your jam, or even creating an accountability group to help you stay committed to your intention, and I recently quit refined sugar, right? And I shared this in one of my posts, right? And I know, honestly, I know that my sheer 
wasn't going to be enough for me to break the habit. So you know what I did? I reached out to my friendship group and I had to see if anyone else in my friendship group was interested in reducing or quitting sugar themselves. And then with those people, I started a WhatsApp accountability group where I shared alternatives to sugar. I did. I shared my research on sugar because that's how I roll. I'm a bit geeky like that. And the rest of the group joined in and they also did that too. Now, because it's my group, I feel a sense of duty to stay committed to my goal, right? So that's really helped me quit sugar. So, so the point is, is that it's accessible to all. And there isn't a one size fits all here in an approach to self-awareness and getting creative to find ways to stay on track. That's, that's something that's totally possible. So I would say experiment and, and, and find what works best for you. And, and actually, I'm quite curious to know what the audience do, our partic lovely participants here, to cultivate self-awareness. Because perhaps you guys in the chat, you might have some strategies that can help others too. So I'm yeah. really keen to read, read what you have to say. <laughs> so well, type I can... in below, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Type in below because we're curious to see. We all have our strategies. Sorry, Hanan. Um, and I just wanted to um, say thank you for the idea of allowing 10 minutes a day to really offload your offload your crap and oh. uh <laughs> i'm sorry for doing for, for putting it that rough but it is like that some sometimes it is we have crappy thoughts and i hold i call it my crap time and it's called <laughs> i have honestly with some clients i give them their crap board and i ask them to literally offload everything on the mm. paper and say this is your crap board write everything down and then <laughs> put it away yeah and, um, well I just I just wanted to add something uh, um, well first I can relate to many things you said Jay uh, yeah. uh, about uh, trauma and about how uh, we can really uh, shift perspective uh, when mm. we become more self-aware uh, I mm. come from a real story of trauma and then the mm. only thing that I had when I had this accident for many years is pain and mental struggle mm. and it's amazing uh, and then one of the things also that you said is that sometimes we don't know what we want while mm -hmm. uh, in while in fact we want we really know what we want is just sometimes we don't dare to do what we want and then th that was really a key point in my life is that I just, I always knew what I wanted, but I just mm -hmm. didn't dare to do what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so mindfulness helped me in this process of awareness, mm -hmm. awareness mm -hmm. of my thoughts, awareness of my emotions, awareness of my behavior. And that helped me really uh, shift many things in my life. And uh, moving from the self-awareness or from the self-empowerment to empowering others was also key in my life. And I've, I've looked many times in, in the eyes of many women that I met in my life and mm -hmm. how, and how they, 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 they shifted uh, and how they uh, really evolved as human beings just because of this uh awareness think about what they are struggled with or what they wanted really 
it's amazing. Mm. It's really amazing how uh, people wow. can uh, can change, can evolve from sometimes from really minor things that may happen that trigger this yeah. this uh, this change and this awareness within them. So I, I, we still have three minutes today, and I just want to have uh, I just would like to ask you a last question because we okay. would like our audience to leave with something in their minds. So we would like to like to to make a wrap up uh, what would be self-empowerment like in a few words and the takeaways from this episode uh, I know that we can talk for hours we <laughs> have stories we have big stories uh, about self-empowerment and resilience uh, the three of us but we would like to make it direct to the point and then okay. so that our our audience can remember something today about our episode Okay, cool. I'll try and wrap it up in like two minutes or less. You can tell me. <laughs> um, yes. So at a basic, so at a basic level, I would say the term empowerment, as I've already alluded to earlier, means becoming powerful. So, so personal empowerment therefore means taking control of your life, right, and not allowing others to control it for you, even inadvertently through non-action, which we all know is still action. And actually, this kind of reminds me of um, a famous quote by Elena Roosevelt who says no one can make you feel inferior without your consent and that That's sounds quite simple but in practice taking control of ourselves can be quite a complicated process right and as i said earlier you know we we need to develop self-awareness so that you can understand your strengths you can understand your weaknesses you also need an awareness and understanding of your goals and and how they differ from your current position now achieving your goals may require you to change your behaviors and even your deeper values and and, and long-held, outdated beliefs, just like I had to do, right? Many, many of which you may not even be aware of right now. And that's where things like journaling can help bring that into consciousness or getting therapeutic support or getting a mentor to guide you. So it requires a lot of introspection and, and dare I say, hard work, right? And there are no shortcuts. I don't want to paint a pretty picture here, you know. There are no amount of books you can read or seminars that you can attend that will automatically do this for you in a long-term consistent basis. So I would say my key message here is that you have to do the work, period, right? Um, exactly. I'm wondering what empowerment means to you, Steluta and Hanan and, and the audience too. Yeah. Well, for me, it's exactly what you said is putting in the work because I've mm -hmm. met so many, I work with women, right? So I've met so many women who have been reading and going to seminars and development seminars and still struggle because mm -hmm. knowledge, whilst it is power, it is not mm -hmm. enough. You mm. need to take action. So for me, it's taking action. And between the two of us, me and Hanane, <laughs> we, we take, we, we really have a lot of fun on this topic when, you know, when we, spend too much time in our heads and we yeah. doubt ourselves sometimes some ideas mm. that we have we each other push you know just take action and you will see that this will change your energy this will change the way you see. so for me self-empowerment is taking action this uh, is I just Yes, I just want to read uh, one of the quotes of uh, Jim here, which is beautiful. I really like it. Yesterday, I was clever. I wanted to change the world. Today, I am wise. I want to change myself. Exactly mm. that. I mean, yeah. self-empowerment starts from the self, from taking full responsibility. And for me, it's mm. action, action, and action. <laughs> Thank you. 
So because we are at the end of our time, actually one minute uh, uh, more. Uh, Jay, can you please tell us where can people connect with you, where they can see their work, uh, your work, where they can reach out to you and, you know, see if they can uh, work mm. with you? Well, of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. This is my platform of choice. Uh, and on social media, so Jay Ray, which is how it's spelled in, in the window here, .com is my website and jray.empower is my uh, Instagram and social media handle. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a really great session. Um, I hope that our audience enjoyed it as well and they had uh, some good key takeaways. I loved the, the quote that, uh, Rumi's quote that uh, James shared with us. So guys, please follow us on social media, connect with us. If you have a story that you want to share with us, reach out with us and uh, we will help you uh, make your story public to the world so that we can empower other people as well. Follow us on our YouTube channel. We have a new YouTube channel, which is called uh, Building Resilience Coaching. And see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye.